right, we have another caller, um, Reverend Mercy from Nigeria. So uh, you're on the air. Tell my audience um, what's going on on the ground, please. All right, thank you, uh, Reverend Emmanuel. Uh, it's a pleasure to be able to, it's a privilege to be able to uh, give an account or a situation report of what is going on here in Nigeria. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Go, go ahead, woman of God. Hello? The protest that started some weeks ago started uh, as a peaceful started. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, good. So the protest that started, it was a peaceful protest. It was a peaceful protest to uh, ask the government to disband the SAM, the, 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 the police uh, brutality and the police brutality and uh, uh, this group of special force in the police that uh, instead of, uh, they, they were actually established to uh, handle crime, uh, robbery and all that. Uh, but then the corruption in their midst led to them extorting people on the road, especially when they see a young person with a car, with a flashy car and all that, they keep, they, 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 they manhandle them and all that. They do a lot of things that are not supposed to be done, you know, and it looks as if there is nothing that can be done to them. The no law, you know, could pin them down or prevent them, you know, to the point that they Can be hired. I mean, like you have someone uh, among them, and uh, you 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 are you have someone, and you have an issue with another person. You can call your friend who is you know in, in that special force, and they can mobilize and deal with 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 a person that you have an issue with instead of legally settling issues. You know, so there was a lot of uh, there's been a lot of uh, crime being committed by these people, they kill, they, they maim people, you know, and beat up guys, take their cars, take their phones, you know, even reports of rape and all that. Okay, so uh, the protest was led the government, the Nigerian government should end or disband this group of people because of their corruption. In fact, the public and the common man do no longer feel safe with them. Okay, what started as a peaceful protest, a lot of people were coming out and people kept donating. Some would donate uh, water, uh, some would donate snacks, some would donate cakes and all that to keep the protest going until the government uh, 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 gives in to the demand of the people. Uh, this kept going on peacefully Peacefully, nothing, uh, no, 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 no violence and all that. But then, uh, all of a sudden, the the military, the police took over, and first it started with some group of uh, 
people, guys, men and other boys who would come in, use matchets, use weapons on, on these harmless protesters. And uh, it was uh, alleged that the government sent sponsored talks to disband these peaceful protesters. And this didn't stop the protesters from continuing. Uh, then it went to the point, in fact, the hike of it was the Lake Lagos, Lagos uh, Togate, uh, Lake Togate incident that happened where some uniformed men wearing military uniform, army uniform, just came up and began to shoot on the protestants who were peacefully, uh, 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 you know, doing their thing. It's, it's not like they were destroying anything, you know, just began to shoot and all that. And people died. I mean, like, you, you see youths died. That was terrible. We are still mourning that. And for a, why that happens, the president didn't say anything. There was no nothing. He didn't come up to make a speech or to condemn it. And the youths are saying you must say something. So this got the youths very offended and they began to riot. And of course, there's a total you know breakdown of law. You now see some other group of people, some criminals who also take advantage of it and uh, you see them come up and try to you know, uh, uh, intimidate the protesters, beat them up and all that. And uh, as it is right now, while the rioting was going on, they discovered that there were uh, warehouses and storehouses where uh, COVID-19 uh, palettes that's uh, provisions made to aid people during the COVID-19 lockdown, which was not, you know, given out. And people, a lot of people actually suffered hunger, starvation. It was not funny. And it was hard that uh, there were provisions made for the people. Food was to be shared to the people. Money was to be shared to the people. And this didn't get to the common man, you know. And why these protesters were you know, agitating uh, uh, during this uh, protest against SARS, I know, they discovered these uh, uh, storehouses where massive bags of rice, symptomy, and other provisions were stored, and they all we attacked COVID-19, you know. And of course, the masses are hungry, the masses are, are suffering, so they rushed into them. And I can tell you, in Nigeria, this crowd rushing to go get food in those storehouses, more people died trying to get food than the people recorded to have died during COVID-19. This is really, really, really disheartening, you know. and. Even the speech the, the president made, the Nigerian people are not satisfied with it. They're not satisfied with the speech. There is nothing, nobody wants to take responsibility for the shooting. The state government, Lagos state government, does not want to take responsibility for the shooting. The military is denying that they're not responsible. Then who gave the order? That's the question. The president is acting as if he doesn't even know what is going on. It's so terrible. And law is being broken down 
I know, I mean, we are at the verge of a civil war because a lot is happening. A lot is happening right now. A lot is happening right now. And you can remember that in Nigeria, we already have the issue of terrorism going on. We are, there's interreligious uh, uh, attacks with the Muslims, attacks with Christians and all that and all that. And uh, coupled with this recent development, it's just crazy. Things are just going crazy right now. And uh, we don't know what to do because people are angry. And, you know, the issue is that they are also getting angry and getting angry at both the church, getting angry. The whole thing is bringing up a lot of things right now. But we are hoping that God would step in and give us the wisdom to calm things down. We are pleading, uh, praying for peace. But while praying for peace, we are not backing down on the request for uh, the end of brutality among our, our, our uh, the military force and the police force and all that. Yeah, amen. The youths are not backing down. Hey, hey, amen. Uh, woman of God, I just want to share uh, a couple of my thoughts. And then um, I'm going to have to take another caller. Um, I pray that um, the Nigerian um, youth, that they, I understand they're really angry and everything, but I wish that they would um, document in their journals for, I hear that 2023 will be time for another election. You got to make sure you don't vote for those same people that's in the power right now. Vote for the opposite people. That's 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 one of the things um, that you can try to do. We are talking about it already, but the, the issue is during elections, people because of the level of poverty in the country, uh, these politicians pay money to buy people to buy votes and all that. I mean, the, the corruption that takes place when it comes to elections is even beyond the votes of the people. And uh, But we are hoping that the same way the masses came out to protest that during election, they'll be able to come out in masses and be able to vote in the, the right person and insist on their rights and insist that the right thing is being done. Yes. All right, woman of God, thank you for coming on the show. God bless you, and um, we look forward to having you tomorrow on the show, too, so you can give us um, uh, a sermon. Welcome to Help Stop the Genocide in American Ghettos podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Barbie. This evening, we have Reverend Mercy coming right back. Um, on the show with us. Okay, you're on the air. All right. Uh, good evening from here, and uh, God bless you. I want to uh, encourage us uh, from the book of First Samuel, chapter one, and uh, I wouldn't be reading all through the passages, but if you can read through from chapter one, from verse one. Uh, verse 1 to 17, and that, that talks about Hannah. I know everyone knows the story of Hannah. Uh, the Bible says in, uh, in verse 1 that there was a certain man uh, in Ramatan, Zophim, of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of 
Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Uh, and Ephraimite. And the Bible says he had two women, two wives, and uh, that sounds somehow for uh, some people, but then he had two wives. And the name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Penina. Now, Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And in verse 6, you would see the Bible recording that Hannah uh, had her rival, that is Penina, who always provoked her severally. To make her miserable because the Lord has closed her womb, you know. And uh, we have a case here whereby this woman who was unhappy in her marriage, unhappy in her home, even though the man tried to place her, tried to show her love, but she was unhappy because she was childless. And uh, one of the days he went to the synagogue, and when they went to the synagogue to pray, she went along to make her sacrifices and uh, offer prayers and she was so bothered in the so bothered in her heart that she had to uh leave the place of her husband and go you know to the altar to pray to pour out her heart to god and i i in, in an african setting where i'm coming from not having a child is is a very terrible it's, it can take your place i mean you can lose that marriage you can you can become a mockery you know in the Okay, I think I'm back online. And some people would think that it's because you lived a careless life, it's because you messed your life up growing up as a young lady, and they would misunderstand you. So uh, I think Israel also had a similar kind of a, a, a situation whereby they, it, it's found dishonorable for a woman not to have a baby in marriage. It was dishonorable. It was, it was a shameful thing. And here was Hannah, who was broken in spirit, she had to go to the Lord and she began to cry in bitterness of heart. I said, Lord, if only you would make me fruitful. If only you can make me fruitful. And there's something significant about this. From verse 12, the Bible says that, uh, and it happened that as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli watched her mouth. Now, Eli was the high priest. And the position of the high priest is supposed to be the high priest is meant to be one who is spiritually sensitive. The high priest is supposed to be a man who is uh, spiritually active, who can understand the things of God, who can who can be able to know and design. I mean, have discernment and all that. But this man, this priest, uh, was not connected. I mean, he he, he wasn't alive spiritually. I, I I would put it that way. And he looked at this woman and said. Why is she moving her lips like a drunken, uh, like one who had taken wine or uh, alcohol in excess, in excess, you know? And he misunderstood her. Isn't it funny how sometimes people that should help us rise, 
people that should encourage us, people that should be uh, a, comf a comfort to us, a comfort to us, people that should lift us up from sorrow. Isn't it funny when they become the first to misunderstand us? When they become the first to to criticize us. I don't know whether my listeners, if you have been in that kind of situation, but I have experienced being misunderstood by people I feel should understand me more. And so for, for, for Hannah, who ran to the temple, at least if the world is mocking her, there should be some sort of consolation running into the temple, running into the holy place. But in the holy place, the high priest looked at her and asked her, Woman, <laughs> how long will you be drunk? Put put your mind, your drink away from you. It's like asking a drunkard, uh, come on, discard your bottle. You know? And that alone is enough to leave a woman who is already miserable. It's enough to cause that woman to leave the temple or leave the presence of God, even more miserable, angry, or bitter. How can the high priest not see what I'm going through? How can the man that is supposed to be closest to God, the God that I'm praying to, not see what I'm passing through? Because she was misunderstood by the very person that should at least understand what she's going through. I mean, Eli was meant to be like a representative of God in the temple. An ambassador. One that once you come, you can seek for spiritual counseling, you can seek for comfort. But that same man was still the man that misunderstood this broken woman. But what he didn't understand was, even though he could not understand the language of her lips, he could not understand uh, the, 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 the prayers or the babbling or whatever, however she was groaning, he could not understand her pains. Even at that point when he couldn't understand her, he never knew that Hannah had already in her heart made a vow unto the Lord that said, Lord, I am tired of the situation I find myself in. I am tired of being mocked. I am tired of, of, of being fruitless. I'm tired of being called barren. Lord, if you would make me fruitless, I will give it back to you. Just change my story. I don't know how many of you have been desperate or have been in a desperate situation where you just want God to do it anyhow. You just want that change anyhow. You just want a change desperately. You just want an answer. You are, you are in a situation where you are so confused and you don't know what to do. You are in a condition that looks hopeless and you don't know what to do. It looks as if the heavens are shut. It looks as if there's no answer. It looks as if there's no help anywhere. And sometimes you wonder if it is your sin. <laughs> you know? And if you go to the wrong place, they might tell you, oh, the Lord is, is, is tempting you, or the Lord is testing you. God does not test or tempt anyone with evil. But one thing I observed about this woman is that she was a woman determined to break forth. Despite, even though the, the, everything is working at odds with her, everything is not working in her favor. 
but she was determined to break forth. She was determined to press on. Sometimes in life, what in, in our dreams, our ambitions, our vision, our ministries, uh, we we started out with high hopes. We started out hoping. Oh, yes, the Lord has told me I heard from the Lord. The Lord is leading me to do this. But at times, why? Because we feel the Lord is leading us to do certain things, we think it will be easy. And we expect the Lord to make a way. I mean, like, for, for someone like Hannah, it's, it's already in the plan of God that Samuel was going to be born through Hannah. But why would she have to go through this whole trauma, through this whole travel? But one thing I picked, the story of Hannah has always been a story that has pushed me forward, has encouraged me. She kept pressing on. She didn't get angry at the priest who wasn't spiritually sensitive enough to see what she was going through. Who wasn't spiritually sensitive enough to see her pain? Who couldn't turn to God or hear from God to understand that this is a woman on that travel? Yet she didn't get mad at her, at him. He didn't get, she didn't get angry, she didn't get mad, she didn't get bitter and walk away from the sanctuary and say, I'm not going to worship this God again. And there's something about God, something I found that once you are consistently pressing on, once you are determined, once you are set and you persist, he never lets you down. I mean, look at Jesus and the woman, uh, the woman with the issue of blood. There's a woman with the issue of blood. There were so many people surrounding Jesus. The crowd was so much. She was not strong enough to push through. She was not, her voice was not loud enough to catch the attention of Jesus. She didn't have the connection probably have the connection to one of the disciples of Jesus that could at least take her by the hand and meet Jesus and say, oh, master, this is a woman, she's a good woman, she needs your healing. You know, in, the, in, in our world today, we need connection. In our world today, we feel before we can attain or certain doors, before certain doors can be opened onto us, before we can have access, we need connection. But for this woman with the issue of blood, she had no one. She had no money. She had no one. She had lost all. And no man wanted to associate with her. But something happened. When she became desperate, she pushed through the, the, the crowd. She pushed through the crowd beyond her weakness. Look upon the vision. Look upon uh, 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 the purpose. Look upon the race you are running and be determined to push, just like Hannah pushed and was able to get her answer. The same man who was not spiritually sensitive enough, God had to still deliver a message to Hannah through the same man, Eli, and say, go in peace. And the Lord God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And that was it. The same thing happened with the woman, uh, 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 the woman with the issue of blood. When she pressed on, she said, "If I can only 
bones I have breath in me, in as much as I'm still breathing, in as much as I'm still alive, I might be weak. People might, might um, those people are coming, those people do not want to associate with me, but I will keep pressing on until I touch the hem of his garment. And faith will always draw the power of God. And that was it. I'm encouraging everyone that uh, is listening. Whatever you are, I don't know the state you are in right now, but whatever you are going through, sometimes it feels as if you uh, you are crushed. Um, 
do something positive, not just sitting up here complaining about the issues, but to solve the issues one issue at a time, starting um, here in my city, the city of Chicago, Lord, and and hopefully, Lord, expand to other cities um, across the United States, as well as expand that vision, Lord, to 10 African nations, Lord. Just give me the strength to get this thing started, Lord. Um, I'm, I've been pushing the vision, Lord, um, going on 29 years next month. Uh, it's very frustrating that, that I don't have that uh, much support, Lord, for trying to help my own people. But instead, they're up here begging the uh, um, financial elites. My people has been marching and protesting here in the United States for 52 years. And you already gave me a clear vision and a plan on how to get off of that um, hamster wheel and what to do, Lord. But um, nevertheless, Lord, just thank you again. Allow my everything that I'm going through to be an example to young people, Lord, to um, have perseverance um, and stay focused and not uh, get caught up with uh, other people's agendas. Um, this organization is geared toward helping um, single black mothers that's in the uh, that's trapped in American ghettos, as well as to help my brothers and sisters that lives in the slums of Africa. Because Africa has all the major resources that this world needs, but yet is being uh, taken advantage of because of foreign um, powers or governments that's imposing itself on Africa. But you're blessing, you, you're going to, uh, I believe it, Lord, that you're going to um, connect me with the right people to um, help me get this organization started in America for credibility. So when I do come to Africa, I don't have to explain all the um, things 